So Matt, big important question tonight for you to start off. And by the way, this is the... Gosh, you think I'd been, have done this before. It's the Rise and Shout, the CougarFan.com Rise and Shout podcast. Get all of your BYU sports news. CougarFan.com. Now I can ask you a question. Have you seen The Floor is Lava? Uh, I've seen commercials for it. Haven't watched it. Mm, it's good. It's like ridiculously ridiculous and still good, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. The the kids have really wanted to watch it, but we we were we we're really into the Titan games. Ah, how's the? I haven't watched so, the Titan games. They look great. So we've been. Uh, oh, it's awesome. Uh, so we've been. We when we have time for all of us to sit down and watch something, that's what we've been watching. Um, mm. And then the other one they got into was Ultimate Tag, which is uh, like James Watt and his brothers, like yeah, yeah, commentating on random random people playing tag in a in like a special arena. Yeah, yeah, those are both good. What's which one is the Titan Games on? What's that on? Uh, broadcast TV or streaming service? I don't know. I I don't have broadcast TV, so I guess I do through. I have two, Hulu has live sports. Do I get my check now? Yes, um, you do. I think we're watching that on Hulu. I think we're yeah. watching that on Hulu. So it's probably on a network then. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Floor's Love, of course, is on Netflix, and it's. Um, you know, it's funny, the, the commentator, who I have no idea who his name is, he says, they get to meet me at the end. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Um, but it's it's funny because it's a range of, you know, my oldest is like, oh my gosh, the puns are got to stop. And then, you know, the 11-year-old is just like cackling and laughing at everything he says, right? And, and it's, uh, you know. But it, the last show we watched together as a family was... Um, Dwight, Dwight in Shining Armor. Do you guys BYU TV show? Also very popular in my house. Very yeah, popular yeah. in my house. And then before that, it was the uh, Lego uh, competition show, whatever that was called. Uh, oh, that looked funny. Only oh, because good. I just felt sick to my stomach for people who would, they showed these commercials where people were had built these huge things and then dropped them. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. It just makes me sick to my stomach to yeah. see that type of yeah. like an effort go up in flames. Yeah, yeah, I'm not the I'm not the type that wants to watch that because I'm like, oh, look at the carnage. That's funny. Well, I'm like, ah, no, just feel bad. I, that I felt bad. You you never laughed in that show. And floors lava when people bite it and fall into the lava. You I laugh every time. That that actually looks funny to me. It's like what was that show where they. It would Wipe bounce out. on the big red rubber balls. Wipeout? That was yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's Those just, people were signing up to get demolished. Like, they knew that's what yeah, was coming. I don't know if it's sustainable. Like, I don't know if I'm going to watch, like, six seasons of The, the Floor's Love. I feel like at some point the novelty dies, right? That being said, I've watched, like, 20-something seasons of Survivor. So, I mean, you know. All right. Well, let's uh, let's. What about uh, Alone? I don't know why we're talking about all this TV, but have you watched Alone? I haven't. Is that good? Excuse me. Yeah, we just watched one uh, we, one season. I've only saw bits and pieces of it. It was mm. mostly my wife and my oldest son who were really into it. But uh, good show. Good and there's show. that new Survivor. Um, the Survivor Fiji race thing. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, looks... Yeah, with Bear Grylls or whatever. Yeah, yeah. intense. Looks yeah, like does. super intense. So. You know, the crazy thing is, you and I, I think on this show we've talked about it, 40 years ago, there was nothing on TV, right? There were shows and you maybe... Lois and Clark. Right, right. Uh, well, not 40 years ago. That was more like 25, right? I don't know. 30? I don't know what I don't it was. Know. Anyway, but there was nothing on TV, right? Um, and everybody watched the same, like, four shows, Right yep. in the 80s. Everybody watched Family Ties, The Cosby Show, L.A. Law, Miami Vice, right? And then the 90s had their shows, The Office, which I guess bridged into the 2000s too. Didn't it start in the 90s, The Office? Seinfeld was definitely a 90s thing. Uh, Friends. Oh, but The Office didn't start in the, the the American version of The Office? Oh, that was in the 2000s. Yeah, when you I get old like me, you lose time. You lose time. Uh, but Friends, Seinfeld, uh, you know... Um, Law and Order in the 90s, right? Um, all these things. And now, I, I, at work, people will talk about TV and almost you'll have eight people. There you go. That's for real? That's the Miami Vice theme song? That's how it started? 
Yeah, yeah. And Phil Collins always uh, was on, was on the show and provided music for the show. Um, but you know, now eight of us can be sitting around, all people that watch television, and none of us are watching the same stuff. Well, it's it just wild. happens sometimes in my house. We can all sit. We can all sit in a room together. All six of us watching TV, and we're, oh. none of us are watching the same thing. My wife watches entire like entire TV series start to finish, and I don't watch any of them. Or maybe I catch one or two episodes along it's, the way. And I, I do that. Sherlock by myself. Oh, Sherlock is so good. That's one we watch together. So good. Uh, so Sherlock good. is so good. Um, but and I'm you know binging, not binging because I don't really binge, uh, but I'm watching, working my way through Brooklyn Nine Nine. And same oh, thing. Oh, I love noise. Noise. The cold open where he, uh, it's all the Backstreet Boys. He has them sing the Backstreet yes. Boys. Yeah, that is lineup. one of Very yeah, the lineup. And then Very at the good. end. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's just, he's like, yeah, that's the one that killed my brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Anyway, all right. Well, let's uh, climb. A, a genius. Yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy really, I mean, he is. Oh, He's ever, a very talented comedian. Ever since, uh, ever since, uh, oh, what was that thing they did that made him famous? That uh, rap, um, the um, the Chronicles of Narnia one, Lazy <laughs> Sunday. You know what I'm talking about? Google yeah. it, younger people. This was what, like, oh three, oh four. Um, but it was because he was like an assistant, right, on Saturday Night Live. He wasn't one of the stars I, at that point. No, not then. Uh, he was like an assistant writer or something, and they did this video, and it became like a YouTube sensation back when that was hardly a thing. Um, anyway, all right, that's been seven minutes of us yapping. Uh, let's uh, climb on in the tweet bag. Tweet bag. First one up tonight is from Clayton Smiley. He did it via email. You can email the show at riseandshoutpod at gmail.com. Riseandshoutpod at gmail.com. All right. He says, congratulations on 10 years of podcasting. Thank you, Clayton. This is our 10th season. Um, amazing accomplishment and an example of dedication. That or just plain stubbornness, man. What do you think? Dedication, yeah, dedication is a tricky word. It's a tricky yeah. word, right? Um, I hope that you continue with your weekly shows. You're meeting the COVID change sports landscape. Definitely keep it up. Thank you. We will. Uh, he then goes on and talks a lot about soda and how he doesn't drink soda anymore because it has more sugar in it than you might find in, uh, you know, the dry goods area of your, of your, uh, you know, your supply. In one case, fair enough. Uh, so I'm Probably paraphrasing. Accurate. I'm paraphrasing here. Now he says you asked about movie types, and I'm going to have to disagree with your wife. I never oh, disagree boy. with He's my picked- wife. Clayton. He's picking a fight with Sister Mangum. I don't have a beef with her or her suggestions. Sounds like you do, Clayton. We've covered this already. If you're blatantly disagreeing, <laughs> you have a beef. All right. I this think, isn't helping. Yeah. Not helping, Clayton. I think you should branch out and talk about whatever movies you want. I like to hear about good movies from others and appreciate their suggestions. The, flack, the fact that you talk about topics other than BYU sports as part of your show makes it fun. You know, we did a, we did, we didn't do it this year. Did we do it last year or is it two years ago since we did a listener survey? I think it's been two years. I think it's been two years. But every, we, you and I have over the first probably four or five seasons of the show debated constantly between each other how much. BYU sports and how much nonsense non-related to BYU we should talk about. And every time we did a listener survey, it was universal. The people that were listening to the show on a regular basis loved the non-BYU stuff. And it's funny, right? You go to you go to iTunes and you read the reviews. The bad reviews are all like too much nonsense. I can't stand this. These two guys are idiots. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and they leave. I but love so the bad those guys reviews. last like an episode or two. But the, you're right. I mean, the the most of the feedback we get from people who have been listening for a long time is they they're into the nonsense. I I've got a couple of acquaintances that have I'm not acquaintances isn't the right word. I'm gonna go. I've got a couple of friends that have zero affiliation with with BYU, but listen to the show weekly because they think you and I are ridiculous. Yeah, which we are. That's and they're building factual. up and they're building up an arsenal of information they can use against me in a variety of contexts. Yeah, yeah, but, makes sense. But they listen to the show because of the nonsense. 
Right, of course they do. Yeah. Of course. Of course they do. Change. All right, finally, he's been thinking about the whole sandwich debate. He agrees with you because he uses leftover hot dog buns and puts peanut butter and jelly on the hot dog bun. This is actually a great way to test this. No, it's not. Because it's, the bread, it, the bread is the whole argument. It's the bread taco. is the whole argument. You just made a peanut butter oh, and jelly okay. taco. Rule of cubes. Yeah, the rule of cubes. Rule of cubes. Sorry. We already, Do you know who hates the rule this. of cubes? Who hates the rule of cubes? My wife hates the rule of cubes. You want to know why she hates it? Why does she hate it? Because it creates the craziest debates at our dinner table. <laughs> and she's just over it. I think my wife's over it too. The first night, the first night I introduced it, I had to get my phone out and show everybody the diagram. I mean, we spent the first fifteen minutes oh, yeah. just like we laying out a foundation thing. of like of the definitions, and then we got into like you know how does this apply? What does this mean for our favorite foods? Yeah, and and here's the thing: I looked it up. Okay, we've been talking about this on the show for two and a half years. It's. It's a big topic. For a long time. We've been There's a lot about to this. unpack here. Uh, all right. Anyway, keep up the great work. I'm hoping for some football this year, and it now looks like there won't be any basketball or other WCC fall sports for the rest of the year as of this moment, so keep it up. Thank you, Clayton. All right. Eric on Twitter, and of course you can tweet at us, at BYU underscore Rice Shop. That's Eric or Eric on Twitter. Uh, at Eric or Eric, he says, This week is the 10th anniversary of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Do you consider this a, a, a superhero movie, B, a comic book movie, C, a rom-com, or D, you have never seen it? I'm going to guess here, D for you. That is correct. Yeah. I had to Google it. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, it looks hilarious. I've seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world... At least three times. I think it looks great. It, it is a good movie. I enjoy uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I actually liked it better the second and third time I watched it. Because I think the first time my expectations were a little too high, you know, sometimes when you walk in. When you come back the second time. Um, I would say it is A, B, and C. So there needed to be an E option where you could say A, B, and C. It is a superhero movie. It is a comic book movie, and it is a rom-com. And Chris Evans is in it. He's hilarious. Um, Chris Evans shows up in this? Yeah, I think so. Am I, oh, I thinking is... of the right actor? I don't, I don't, don't ask me. Uh, I think so. It's been a while since I've seen it. I need to watch it again, obviously, 10th anniversary and all. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, a pretty, it's pretty funny. I mean, it is... It is zany, okay? Like, it is not... This is not a... Um, this is not a, uh, what do you call, a straight-up superhero movie. Yeah, it looks great. Looks great. Yeah, it's 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 good, man. Yeah, I, why do I want to say he's in that? Chris Evans, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's like this, uh, 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 like total terrible guy. It, he's actually great in it. Uh, he does a good job. He actually plays that well. He's done that in a couple of movies. Yeah, he's yeah. very funny. Yeah, he's 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 got some skills. That guy. All right, back to um, back to the tweet bag. And Eric or Eric will be back. Eric will be back. Spence, that's at Texas Coog fan. Which, by the way. We know we like Spence because he's a big baseball fan, so that's a big, uh, you know, feather in his cap. Which, by the way, I got this debate with uh, Sweeney and uh, Don about the popularity of the NBA, and everybody thinks the NBA is more popular than baseball, and they're just wrong. It's about the same, guys. The the World Series, it depends on the matchups, but the World Series and the NBA Finals, and this has been true for 20 years, are kind of the same ratings. And everybody thinks the NBA is way more popular for some reason. I don't know why. Um, which, by the way, the NBA uh, has uh, not had great ratings this year. Um, yeah, but the NBA playoffs traditionally deliver some pretty good drama. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Playoff playoff, anything is, is great. Uh, but anyway, Spence, the other thing Spence and I interacted on was that stupid Fernando Tatiste thing with the Rangers. 
where Tatis oh. hit the home run. And uh, here's the thing. Unless you're going to... So f- for those of you that don't know, Fernando Tatis hit a junior, hit a home run on a 3-0 pitch in a game that he was already way ahead in. And it's against some unwritten rule of baseball, which I hate the unwritten rules. And then the Rangers got all like upset about it and threw at Manny Machado, who's the next hitter, threw behind him. Which you and I have talked about this. I know where you stand on throwing at batters. You are anti. Yeah, I think I've made my opinion clear. I'm extremely anti. anti. I think it's one of the dumbest things in sports. Yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, who was it? I forget which manager it was. Who basically said, you don't want a home run hit against you? Then throw a better pitch, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't get into it. You don't want somebody to swing at a 3-0 pitch late in the game? Don't get down 3-0. But but here's the thing. Like, put it's, one put one inside the strike zone, fella. Yeah, and and Spence said this right, like he agrees, even though he's a Ranger fan. And I don't have anything against the Rangers or their manager or anything. I'm just saying this stuff is dumb. And on top of that, unless you're going to quit, you uh, presumably the team that's way behind is going to still try to win, right? So Fernando yeah. Tatis should still continue trying to score runs. Correct. And by the way, and he's well, phenomenal. And then he goes on to then Tatis goes on to steal third, right in a game where they're way up, and people are all get angry about that. But did you see what his uh, walk up song was? I think today. No. Cry me a river. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. But his manager, his manager got on him because I guess he ignored the 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 sign to take. But if you're Tatis, you're one of the already in his second year, one of the best players in baseball. You do what you want. Go win the game. And if somebody hangs a meatball over the plate, you hit it out of the park. And he didn't do a, a, an egregious bat flip, which I'm fine with bat flips, by the way. I love bat flips. You know, again, if you don't like the guy flipping the bat, strike him out. Anyway, so rant over. Spence at Texas Kook fan says, first, I like the idea of a best sports movie club. Well, you guys got to make up your minds. We got Clayton saying no sports movie club. We got Spence saying do a sports movie club. People got to figure this out. He says, maybe even have a weekly survey of the best movie per sport and then watch them. All right. He says, also, have you considered selecting one football game per year as the Rise and Shout podcast game so we can all go and meet up? It'd be fun. Hashtag tweet bag watch the top two that week. Uh, hashtag tweet bag. I don't understand the last part. I don't understand part. that either. We have talked about that, you you and I, Matt, have for years. We've never done it. And I don't think this is going to be the year we do it, Spence. <laughs> I'm thinking this won't be the year. It's probably no. a 2021 activity. We have um, we have run into podcast listeners at games before. We have. Um, but, you know, the not planned. We were literally stopped on the street. In Kansas but, City, right? Yeah. Yeah, in Kansas City. We were literally stopped on a street corner. Yep. Um, and we did meet... Um, Feel like we met uh ryan um yeah the guy but there was yeah there was a, there was a guy that we met he but he was like he worked for the team or something yeah, yeah. oh you're talking anyway. about sea right yeah sea right ryan alan sea right we, we yeah, met yeah. up with him at the at the missouri game for a couple yeah, yeah. minutes um, yeah so we we've run into a few people i i would say spence uh assuming everything's back to normal in football season 2021, you and I will do a game and we'll let everybody know we're going to be there and we'll do something. We'll do something. Because we we typically, you and I go to a game every year. This year, I didn't know if it was going to happen based on schedules and things. I, this, it's definitely not going to happen. No. Yeah, it's, well, no, but no fans are going to be at any of these Unless games. Unless they play a game here in Wichita. Uh, and allow fans. And allow fans. Oh, they'll have fans at some games, don't you think? I mean, by the end of the season, they may. I mean, they've already Utah, said that. Uh, you know, Army, Navy. I think Army and Navy have, I think, both said that there won't be fans. Yeah, um, but you know, Utah high school games are having fans. Texas high school games are having fans, right? So far, are they are saying that they are having fans? Well, I mean, Utah already had them and had fans, right? So Utah did have them. Yeah, they sure right. did. So, like I said, Eric or Eric is back. He's got a question for us. And he says, is playing multiple games against the same team this year, like a home-and-home with Liberty, which seems like it's out, uh, a possibility and acceptable? 
The NFL does it. Why not in college football? Especially if Homo is having a hard time filling the schedule. Um, actually, Eric, I think this news, which isn't news, it's just rumors, broke after you sent in this question. But it sounds like six Big Ten teams are thinking of doing exactly that, where they play a team schedule home and home. Um, yeah, it's four or five good teams in the Big Ten that you already want to watch, and they're all going to play each other twice. It's a great idea, and yeah. it would be a ratings bonanza. Yeah, so so Michigan State is not one of those. They have uh, canceled, uh, moved all classes online, and basically said anybody that was coming to live on campus, stay home. Right Now, oddly enough, this happened several days after tuition was due. Huh. It's weird. Mm. Why why didn't they do it before tuition was due, Matt? I don't know. Well, they were still deliberating. They're still deliberating. So many things have changed in the last few weeks. Yep. Like all um, the tuition checks were cashed. That that yeah, changed. That changed. That changed. Now granted We're so we are so pessimistic. No, no, this in isn't pessimistic about how everybody is making these no, decisions. No, 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 but no, no. this is not I don't pessimistic. Think we're wrong. This is not pessimistic. This is realistic. These universities, it depends on the university, right? But many of these universities run, their fixed costs are so high between faculty, administration, and uh, just some of the other costs of running a university that are fixed, right? That they have to have this, right? The variable cost of adding another student is nearly zero, right? So they have to have these students or they're going to run out of money. Now, it's not true for all of them, right? Some of them have big, huge endowments. Some of them have run their universities like Purdue has run it better than that. But some of these schools, even like good Big Ten schools and SEC schools and even some of the Pac-12, I think, they, I mean, they're still having, you know, we're not going to play sports, but please, 30,000 students come back, Right. Like and as we're seeing with UNC, Notre Dame, other places, they get back to college and then they party. No one could have predicted that. I guess the president of LSU made a speech encouraging the students to not attend parties where people weren't wearing masks or practicing social distancing. Um, I wonder he, what the likelihood is of that being a thing. Does he understand that in college they consume alcohol throughout the party? Hard to do with the mask. Just saying, right? Um, all right. He had a second question for us, though. Eric did. I, I I guess both of us are saying, no, it should be acceptable, especially this year, to do a home-and-home. And depending on what the team, I think, it, I think it could be fun. Liberty would not have been the fun one. But, you know, I, I yeah, I think that could be a cool thing, actually. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't see a reason why it doesn't become a regular thing. Can you imagine if they took, like, traditional rivalry games and you played one at each stadium both years um each year i mean so so let Can you me imagine ask, how cool that would be like the second game oh, if you're, the if you're band a, match if you're a fan of ohio state what would you rather see a game against nebraska or two games against michigan i don't know I that's a good question against michigan. right if you were a fan of ucla would you rather see a game against Oregon State or two games against SC? Well, in that case, probably Oregon State. <laughs> who wants to get beat by a bad SC team twice? <laughs> hey uh, All right. So his other question is, over under eight games this year for, for BYU. Um, so let's actually set it because that, that leads to a potential push. Okay. Let's set it at eight and a half. Or do you want to set it at seven and a half? I'm going to set it at eight and a half. Eight and a half, are you taking the over okay. or the under on scheduled games? Not act. I think he actually is saying, no, he's saying, because he uh, said it later, games not scheduled games? games. He's saying, do they play eight games? So let's say eight and a half over under. Uh, I'm taking the under. I hate myself for doing it, but I'm taking the under. There's no need to hate yourself. It's just the likely scenario. Yeah. I mean, what do we have lined up right now? Five games? Five games. 
as of and there is a level of probability that however many we schedule one or two get canceled so in order to get to eight and a half you'd have to schedule five more games for me to feel confident that you would play eight yeah i mean that's how you get there so i and i don't i I just i don't see five more games showing up on the schedule i i think we schedule seven so so here's the thing there's a very good chance that BYU plays both fall and spring football, if spring football is played. Because imagine you play three or four or five games this fall, and then you can play another three or four or five in the spring. Do you do it? Uh, yeah, I think I actually do that if it's only three three to five games in the spring. Well, if you yeah, at this point, you know, uh, the the um, you know, but the spring the spring deal like we've talked about before. It's not a great solution. They may end up playing some games this spring, but it's going to have to be abbreviated. You know, you can't play a twelve or thirteen game schedule and start in January. It's just not. And a bunch of guys and a bunch of guys are going to have left, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, but I mean, you look at our schedule today. It's Navy, Army, Troy, Houston, and North Alabama. We went from having this amazing P five like schedule to a hodgepodge of. Hodgepodgery, is that a thing? Hodgepodgery. Hodgepodgery. Sure. sure, sure. I mean, we're playing North Alabama. That's sweet. We want North November. Alabama. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, so Randy Whittle on Facebook, and you can join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/riseandshout. With our current schedule, we could go undefeated and still be one victory shy of bullishability. With the current state of college football, do you think there would, will still be a bowl season and will BYU have a bowl invitation? Okay, let's play this out. Say BYU only plays five or six games. They're going to a bowl if bowls happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be anything like other years. I just can't imagine bowls happening. I think if you can somehow get through the season the SEC and the ACC and, you know, maybe the Big 12 and the American Conference, if they can somehow get cobbled together six to eight games each, I think they could still potentially do like a playoff. Playoff? Playoff. But I don't think they're going to have a like 20 bowls. They could have 10. Well, they can't hold them in California. They're not going to let them do that. Okay. So that's out. Uh, Wouldn't it be crazy if by December, California would let them play a bowl there? Uh, have you have you met their governor? Well, I haven't met him. I've not met him. By the way, did we talk about this last week? Was Kamala Harris not the VP last week when we talked? She was not the VP nominee last uh, week when we nominee. Said. Yeah, um, I met. I, if she becomes vice president, I will have met the vice president. I stood three feet away from her in an airport once. Oh, cool. So you, you kind met of, her though. Huh? I shook her hand. Wow. Yeah, this is you know pre-COVID, of course, when people shook hands. Um, mm-hmm. But of I, I was part of an industry trade organization that went to D.C. to meet with some um, some Congress people to chat about something, and she was one of the people we were scheduled to meet with. Well, technically, we were scheduled to meet with her. Um, Staff, not her, but she came in and said hello and shook all of our hands and then went to a different meeting, which, again, she wasn't ditching us because we we'd never actually got on her calendar. Uh, but yep. it was yeah, but that's how that things work. If, it, if, it, if for anybody out there, because I've done some similar things, right, that's how this stuff works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you if you're important enough, you might get an audience with a senator. Uh, we did meet one congressperson. is really who you want to talk to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I shook her hand at the time, quite frankly, you know, she was recently uh, had won the election in 20. uh, uh, How long has she been in? Just two years, right? Or has she been in four? I I don't know. I want to say four. I want to say four. Anyway, but if she becomes vice president and then president, because, you know, I I don't think Biden's going to survive a term, um, then I will have met the president. Whether you like her politics or not, that's kind of cool. I think it makes you next in line. I think it does, actually. I shook her hand I think you were now third in in line. You are third in line. 
Yeah, it's you're two sweet. heartbeats away. I'm two heartbeats away. Scary. All right. So the big why for tonight is the we're going to actually talk about football, the team. We're going to talk about what? the defense. Okay. Defense. The defense. So, so Matt, I'm going to start with this question. Yeah, I'm going to do a little out of order off the off the uh, agenda. But the big question for me is: Last year, the defense was not good. They had some good moments, right? But overall, the defense was not good. Uh, worst defense that Tuiaki has had since he became the defensive coordinator, statistically speaking. Um, and that's both with traditional statistics and if you look at things like, you know, the football outsider rankings, right? So the real question for me is assume we play an eight game schedule, uh, which I realize is a crazy assumption at this point. Is this team a better defensive team? Not on raw statistics because the schedule is going to look because, you know, because we play Troy in North Alabama, right? And don't sleep on Troy. I'm not trying to sleep on Troy here. But, you know, is this going to be a better defensive unit than it was a year ago? I mean, are you going to take, if you had to pick yay or nay on that bet and had to bet, are you going to take, you know, the same? And by same, I mean, say, plus or minus five spots in the football outside rankings. Better meaning better than five spots. Worse, meaning worse than five spots. Which of those three would you take? So I, I'm going to have to take the uh, yes, they will be better. That's where I would put my money. I I agree with you. I don't think they're going to be like top 40 or anything. Well, actually, they might be top 40. If there's only 40 teams, they could be <laughs> top 40. hey uh, Okay, let me put it this way. I don't think they're going to be top third of defenses. Uh, but I do think they will be better, relatively speaking, than they were... A season ago. Now, Matt, why do you think they're going to be better than last year? So for me, it's all about experience, right? I mean, you, this is, and, and I, I, we, we talk about this in some seasons, you say things like, well, put the young quarterback in because he's the future of the program. You know, everybody gets there after you lose two or three games. Like, oh, well, play the young guys so they'll be better later. I'm not a big fan of that approach. But if you look at what happened with the defense last year, that that's basically where we're at. Um, we've got a lot of guys with a couple of years of experience um, that will that I believe will just have shown growth between this season and last season uh, to to, uh, to a level that that's going to make a difference. Now, the, the big thing, though, is how much Tonga can you keep on the field? And I think that's going to make that's going to make a huge difference. Right. If Tonga's ready to play more snaps or they're willing to let him play more snaps than he played last year, that really is a game changer. And if I'm him, I'm trying to put film together for the NFL um, you know, I've had this, I've had this full off season to kind of get, get ready for that. So I believe that he will play more snaps. Uh, you know, you, you look at some of the previews that are out there, you've got, uh, Kavika Fanua coming back is the, is the leading tackler. You've got, uh, you know, a couple guys in the secondary that everybody likes Zane Anderson, you got Warner, um, you know, plus a couple of new guys that have come in. So I, I think that, that there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about the talent level and experience level that's going to be on the field. So it really, then it comes down to how do you feel about Tuiaki's ability to put something together that maybe is a little bit more creative or whatever the word is that you're concerned about um, to take advantage of that, that experience. Um, and, and, I, and I think that he can, he's shown the ability to do that. If you go back a couple of years from now, uh, if you go back to 2018, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, there, there were some flashes of that. So, but that's, oh, yeah. it's really going to come down to a combination of those two things in my mind and i think that uh, just the experience alone will push them at least better than they were in 20, 2018 yeah i had been a fan of tuiaki's until last year I, I thought he did a good job with the first couple of years and i know people can say well he was just dealing with the players and uh running a fairly similar scheme to uh what bronco did but i just care about results right i, I don't get into as a fan into you know, that kind of stuff, because it's, it's nebulous, right? I can't, I don't know if that means anything. I do know that he had pretty good defenses his first couple of years here, and it's been a slide the last couple of seasons. And so I think it's going to rebound, because I think that typically that's what happens when you get, uh, when you see a slide like that, is you typically will, you know, correct to the mean, if you will, a little bit. 
So I think there's part of that. The other part is, like you, I think there's reason to be optimistic about the linebacker core and, and the defensive backfield. Um, Zane Anderson being healthy, I, I think that defense would have been a different defense if he had been healthy last year. I don't know if that means they would have been a really good defense or anything because it's hard for one player to have that kind of impact. But I think uh, they would have been substantially better had he played. Uh, he's fast. He hits hard. I mean, he can play multiple positions, so you can move him all over the field, right? I mean, he's not Fred Warner or Kyle Van Oy, but he is a very versatile and good player. And if Tonga is healthy and can play a bunch of downs, I mean, we saw what he did against USC uh, early in the year, last year. If he can be dominant like that on a fairly regular basis, not only will he make a lot of money in the NFL, but then that changes... How what Tuiaki could do as a coordinator, what schemes he can run, right? If you've got a guy that has to, that you have to double team him on every play, right? That changes everything. So I, I, I still worry about the defensive line beyond Tuiaki just because I don't think they were great last year. I, I thought they were one of the weaker parts of the team. It's mainly the same personnel, some flip over uh, but mainly the same personnel. And whenever I hear out of fall camp that the offensive line is pushing the defensive line around, now granted, I think the offensive line will be uh, one of the best parts of the offense. That does not make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Well, especially given the fact that one of the biggest, if not the biggest problem with the defense last year was the lack of a pass rush, especially when Tonga was off the field. And I, and I think that hurt everybody. Uh, that hurts your secondary. It, it, you get rid of, you know, when your defensive line isn't performing, you don't have protection for your linebackers, opening them up to make plays. I mean, there's a lot of problems that uh, get oh, created yeah. at the line of scrimmage if you're just not solid there. So that, yeah, that's going to be a key component of this. Is so, what can this, what can the defensive line do? So we talked about Tonga. We talked about Zane Anderson. Who else is going to be a player that you think them being better this year hinges upon? Uh, I already I talked about I talked about Fanua. Um, I think Isaiah Kafusi is another important one. Um, you know, but I think you and I and I guess I'm kind of repeating the point I was just making. But I, I think a maybe not the linchpin, but a, certainly an important component of that is going to be how these other guys on the defensive line show up. You know, uh, Lea Taua, uh, Fauatea, and these, a couple of these guys. Like, what what are they going to be able to do? Can we get somebody on the line of scrimmage defensively that can take some of the pressure off Tonga? If not, then Tonga's just going to get double and sometimes triple teamed because it seems to be the only way to stop him. If he if if teams can do that, um, then there's not going to be a whole lot. There's not going to be a whole lot that we can do. It, these these guys are going to have to step step up so that we can have some of those special Tonga moments. Well, and if none of the defensive linemen can, besides Tuiaki, can win consistently one-on-one battles, right? Which is what we saw last year, right? They just, we couldn't win enough one-on-one battles either in the passing or running against the pass or the run, right? Um, then you're going to need, Tuiaki's going to have to show more creativity to your point earlier than he showed last year in disguising packages and stunts to create mismatches or just confusion on the other team's offensive line. And that may mean, you know, bringing safeties or corners into blitz, using linebackers more to create pressure, uh, you know, some quick guys like, um, you know, uh, like Kafusi or maybe it's Peyton Wilgar, you know, somebody else. You're going to have to, if the D-line can't do that and all they're doing is just taking up space, then somebody else, he'll have to get creative. Which last year, quite frankly, he showed no, uh, I I don't want to say ability, he just chose not to for some reason, right? Because in previous years, he's used some linebackers and stuff in creative ways. Um, And with Wilgar, I I feel like you could do that, right? And, And St. Anderson, you could, they could create some pressure if put in the right spot. Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, and it, like a guy like a guy that you want to see succeed is like El Bakri, right? Like yeah, yeah, for or, sure. Or or even or even Zach Daw. I think there's a lot of guys in those type of spots that might be able to do something. I just I just need somebody here to step up, you know? Yeah, and and, and quite frankly, the Navy game, uh, I mean, highly disciplined squad, right? I, I think it's a great first matchup for this defense because number one, of course, it's it's a weird 
offense to defend. But also, you know, they're going to be some of the most undersized offensive linemen you play against all year, right? And we've got a big group of defensive linemen. So this would be a good first game for them to assert themselves physically, right? And get build some confidence so that when you hit some of those other games, and I still think, do you think Homo's got some P5 games up his sleeve? I don't know who and what they're going to be. Florida State's a rumor right now. I'm feeling like we've got one or two of these because we'll agree to do anybody's protocols, right? Um, so Yeah, anyway. but there's some of this stuff is tricky, right? Like we're supposed to go play at West Point, but right now New York has got a quarantine rule. Like I just, I'm assuming they worked all this out when they signed these contracts. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It's, but, like, I, just, be I don't, you know, what is the answer going to be to that? I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. No, there'll be exceptions. I, I, I mean, you can work around that kind of stuff because you can just say, listen, these guys are going to come on a chartered plane. They're not going to walk through an airport. They're going to on a chartered bus. They're going to go stay at a hotel by themselves, and then they're going to go to the stadium. They're going to play, and they're going to leave the state, right? You can the, the nice thing about this type of situation is you could control this way better than you could uh, a lot of other situations, right? Uh, in a way, you can create a traveling bubble so that they don't interact with anyone else in the state of New York besides these, besides these football players, right? Um, I don't know, but you make a good point. All right, so if they fall, uh, the defense is worse than last year. Does Tuiaki have to go? I mean, are we going to be calling for his head if it's a worse defense than it was last year? I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I mean, to... The, the tough part about that for him is that it the, the what it, what appears to have happened at that point is that it's gotten progressively worse as time went on, right? Where like things started out and showed some promise, and then they it's kind of started to sputter a little bit, and then started to like not look good, and that's it's difficult I think in any industry uh, to to maintain a position when it's when the jobs are this competitive, and uh, result you know and and it's so results. And, and immediate results oriented. I, I think it's difficult not to take a look at that if you're Tom Homo, um, you know. And 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 then I don't know how you know Satake. You know, people make a lot of comments. I think I've made comments about, you know, he's got a lot of guys on his staff that he's friends with, and that's got to be hard. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to make whatever decisions he's got to make, uh, to, where he feels like he's giving himself and this team the best chance to be successful. So if he decides that he's going to that that means Tuiaki sticks around, even if the defense is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? D- digresses this year, um, or regresses? I don't know what the, the regressing. Digress. I guess yeah, digresses. I guess whatever the no, word is I'm looking for. No, you're for. wrong. You're wrong. But yeah. anyway, whatever. So uh, I, he's gonna have to make that decision. Um, but it's certainly I think it's I think it's a conversation that has to take place at that point, yeah. given you know just what these jobs are like. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know the relationships between all these people, right? We just get it filtered through the press. But, I mean, Satake fired Ty Demmer, like one of the most popular players in BYU history, right? Like the favorite son got fired. So I, I think Satake, if it got bad enough, even if he's his friend, I I think, and quite frankly, I mean, Tuiaki just in his interviews, and of course I don't know the guy, but I don't know that he's going to be happy with his performance if that's where it is either, right? Uh, so, I mean, like you said, this is a very performance-driven business. And unlike maybe a lot of our jobs it, where it might be hard to determine success numerically, uh, it's pretty easy in football, right? We got lots of ways to measure what's happening on the field. All right, well, let's move on to special teams um, so do you got old droid or you got the return missionary? What's his bucket as the kicker? Uh, I'm going old droid. Nah, it's what's his bucket. He, he didn't, I mean, old droid was yanked around like a yanked around guy last year. That made, that was weird. Skyler you just Southam. said, yeah, By the now, way, I know there was a lot of, it was kind of herky jerky last year for sure. But, um, who is the know, return missionary's name? I can't remember. Skylar Southam. No, the no, the guy that's oh, the, the guy that's, Ryan Rayco. Yeah, 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 Ryan Rayco. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think I think you got to. I'm I'm li- I'm going with the incumbent until I see something different. Okay, fair enough. Um, and can are, are we gonna have like Hefo 
was the first time we'd had like exciting punt returns in quite some time, right? I, I mean, I got to the point a few years ago, you probably remember this on the show, where I was just like, just call for a fair catch every time. Because the only thing that's going to happen in a punt return is bad, right? I mean, we don't get any yards. We're averaging like three yards a pop. Just call for a fair catch, right? Don't do anything, right? Uh, do we have anybody on the roster you feel like on kick or punt returns where you're like, well, I'm excited to see what that guy can do? Uh, no, not right now. I would say Algier, except for I don't want him doing that because he's got a, I mean, he's and the not number worth two it. running back. Yeah, right? not worth it, guys. Um, you know, and he did do some kickoffs last year, didn't he? Algier? That he did. That seems to let's ring some bell. Um, I don't think I'm not super optimistic that special teams is going to be a strike for BYU this year. Agree or disagree? Um, when you're, you're I, I think I got a, I feel like I caught a double negative there in your question. It's you probably. are. I am not optimistic. So where are you at? You are. You're not excited. You're I'm not, not excited. You're not not that. optimistic. I am not not optimistic. I am not optimistic. So you're like lukewarm. I'm kind of lukewarm on the special teams. I would I, say not, worse than lukewarm. I'd say I'm I, fairly cold. I don't expect the special teams to be a disaster, but I don't no. think there's be, um, you know, I, I don't know that there's going to be a some crazy, you know, the, the, the special teams are going to provide a whole bunch of excitement or points. Yeah, I'm just not expecting it. Katoa actually averaged on kick returns 25.9 last year, uh, which is decent. And Algier only had two last year. Uh, Hifo, of course, 14 punt returns, 222 yards, 16 yards a pop. Uh, Milne, actually, in his five returns, had 11 yards a pop. That's not terrible. Maybe Milne's the guy to bring some excitement there. Um, well, anyway, we'll talk about the wide receivers next week. Uh, that's all that camp seems to be about this year is how awesome the wide receivers are. So we'll talk about that. Well, Matt, let's... Hey, did you see we've in, with the with the availability of the number zero um, that we're going to have at least one guy wearing the number zero on the field? Yeah, I did see that. I did see that's that. That's awesome. That we might have awesome. two, but yeah, just, I think that's pretty cool. The number zero on a football uniform is pretty awesome. I I would love somebody to trot out the double zero. Have you seen um, any of the NBA playoffs so far? It's only been uh, a yeah, couple days. Mm-hmm. So Dwight Howard. Who, because of the braids on the top of his head, like I, every time I look at him, it's not Dwight Howard, right, on the Lakers. And then he's got number 39. <laughs> like, I'm like, is, is he the backup running back? Like, who is number 39, right? 39. Like, this is not to Jake. He also believes that Jake Oldroyd will be the kicker. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway. All right, so we got a game we're going to call Replacements. And it comes from my former college roommate, Keith Smith. Keith sent this in via email. He says, if the traditional college football season is canceled, can't we come up with some alternative forms of entertaining competition for these players and teams? He provides some examples, Matt. And then our game is going to be, we're each going to pick a couple of things that we would want these college football players to do to compete in place of a regular football season if it never happens. His examples include gaming console and they play NCAA football on a on a gaming system. That that's not a thing anymore, is it? I I know they oh, were talking was, to EA Sports that was, cool was talking for about like two weeks. bringing it back, but they're, they they didn't actually bring it back, did they? No, they didn't. Okay. But imagine if they did and then you had a 30-second tape delay for the BYU players. As rumor has it, they are the worst trash talkers. A lot of F-bombs. The worst. A uh, lot of F-bombs. That's actually from Major League Baseball. I don't know if you're still watching a lot of baseball, but of that's course been a little bit of a problem. Well, yeah, there's been a few things that have been a problem. I don't know if you saw the one with Tom Brenneman earlier today. I followed that on Twitter. That said was a bad a, word. That was a train wreck. Uh, a, a anti-gay slur. And uh, he's not going to work again for a long time. No, um, and, and I was then he apologized they, I, in the middle of the game. It was in the so middle, awkward. And, was, and then called a home run while he was trying to apologize and the, said, I, "This is probably my, the last time I'll put on these headsets." And it was just, it was super weird. Yeah, like the right answer in that anyway. The right answer in that situation is you just you pull him off the air. Oh yeah, you don't you don't let you him just pull him off. That's apology. it. 
and then and then you sort it out you sort it out later you don't you don't have the meeting and decide and do all this in the middle of the game you pull them out and you just sort out later it's just a baseball game it was weird and here's the other thing guys if you say something terrible i mean this is the thing i i heard i already saw this from a bunch of broadcasters you have to talk off air like you're on air that's that's a rule because you just don't know when the mic's going to go live. If you're in a room with a microphone, guys, this is just like yeah, good I don't know. life advice, yeah, right? Life like advice. You're not even as a broadcaster. Plus, you shouldn't be using that word anyway, ever. Yeah, so. well, yeah, we'll even we'll leave that alone, right? You shouldn't. Yeah. You just you shouldn't talk like yeah. that. Yeah. But if if you're you got to assume that the mic is hot. Oh yeah, you got to assume that. All right, idea number two from Keith. Dress them in digital motion capture suits, isolated from one another, and then, with VR, they pretend to play a real game. We watch their cartoon avatars play football. Nobody gets sick. Everybody wins. What do you think of that idea? I think I'm going to get motion sick watching it. And then there's going to be the moments where like some player's like over. He's like, I'm stuck against the sidelines. I can't get my avatar to turn around. <laughs> so fantastic. And you then know? his favorite is plug them into the Matrix. And watch them bend the laws of physics as they run, pass, and jump in ways that exceed our expectations. The weak-minded would fare poorly, he says. Those able to free their minds would dominate. Have two separate video feeds, one inside the football matrix, one inside the lab as we watch their physical bodies shake and bruise from the imaginary pain. Uh, So you and I both, we've never seen (laughs) the matrix, but we both love the movie. Um, love the I love all the whole trilogy that I've not seen. Yes, yes. Multi- that uh, I haven't seen multiple times. Correct, correct. Uh so here here's the thing with the Matrix part. Uh that would be kind of interesting. I'm most interested in doing things that are realistic, Keith. So let's talk about getting college athletes together and having tournaments on Madden. A game that exists, it's football and they have Madden tournaments. Or you could do. I kind of like the Matrix idea. Or you could do uh, trick like skills competitions, right? Where it's live TV and they do skills competitions against each other at their various practice facilities. You do know, trick like, shots, like yeah, targets, well, like yeah, yeah, targets, targets and 30, stuff. 40 like, yard. Yeah, yeah. You could set that all up and do that. I, I mean, here's the thing. None of this is a good idea, right? Uh, we just want football <laughs> in the end. I mean, nothing against Keith's suggestion. It was funny and fun. It's just like, do, do in, real, in real terms, and he's, of course, being tongue-in-cheek here a little bit, would you want to see anything else, or at that point, does it matter? No. At that point, it doesn't matter. Like, If we're going to play football, I'd love to watch it. If, if there's not going to be football, then we'll just wait. let's just wait till the spring. Or next fall. Uh, uh We'll say that. Dude, what's gonna be different in the spring? What's different? Unless you have a unless you have a vaccine that's I'll you, effective. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what's different. I'll tell you what's, what's different. different. Um schools may be more desperate for money. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um And I'm not saying that's a reason they should do it. I'm just saying that's a reason they might. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I, I just I I think this whole thing where things are gonna be different, we all thought this in March that this would not affect the college football season, right? You and I talked about it on this show. I thought this was an elongated spring break. Yeah, we did not think so. So to think that somehow something's going to change in the next six months, is it herd immunity? Is it a a vaccine? Is it something? I don't know. Something could change, but I just, um, I'd rather dance with the devil you know right now, like the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 are trying to do, than predict what it's going to look like four or five months from now. Dance with the devil you know now. That's right. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? I have not. I have not. Jack Rapier, is that it? What's his yeah, name? What is, yeah, Joe. Well, I guess he's Joe Chill in the other series, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he's not the Joker in the other series. But well, right that's right. one of the big things. I was on a panel at FanX Comic Comic Con uh, last year, which unfortunately that's not happening this year. Um one of the other uh, casualties of COVID is Comic Cons, but yeah, because just like your Super Bowl. Well, yeah, it's kind of like my Super Bowl, but talk about like a place where you could have a super spreading event, right? Just, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, 
all these people packed together. But anyway, um, and this this uh, woman got up and said that, you know, in the comic books and most of the media, the Joker is never given a backstory, right? Like in the Nolan trilogy, right, where you have the, the Joker there uh, in in one of those movies – you know, he gives his backstory like six different times and it's different every time. It's never the same, right? Right. And classically in the comic books, uh, that has been the case. The Joker has no backstory. And that's partially what makes him so scary uh, as a villain. And, you know, uh, she was basically, we were talking about Batman 1989, that that, uh, Danny Elfman, Michael Keaton joint. And she was basically saying she still can't stay in that movie because they did – it was basically gave the Joker a backstory uh, instead of just having him be a crazy villain like he was in uh, The Dark Knight. So, I mean, I was fine with it myself. Um, I still like Jack Nicholson's portrayal. Even if it's Jack Nicholson, you know, it's the Joker as Jack Nicholson, right? Even if it's a lot of that, Jack Nicholson plays crazy pretty good. They almost could have named that movie The Joker. I mean, a lot of people make that argument. That's more of a Joker movie, and that Batman Returns is more of a Catwoman Penguin movie, right? Um, and we won't go beyond that because then the movie they get stopped really bad. making them after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish. Uh, anyway, all right. They well, produced Matt, them. They just weren't really making. Them. Yeah, they weren't really making them. Well, Matt, that's it. We'll be back next week to preview the offense. And then in two weeks, we'll have our season prediction show slash Navy preview show all in one. We're going to preview a real game. And I hope next week that half of the show we're talking about the offense and the other half of the show we're talking about an eight or ten game schedule. I, I, I hope Homo has some stuff up his sleeve. Do you think you, he has I'm stuff? Love- up his sleeve? I, think, I don't think he's done yet. I think he's still working. Tom Homo's always working. He's always and, working. You know, and people are like, oh, well, this really proves we don't have to schedule these games so far out. Yeah, you do, because that's how everybody schedules their games. So this is not – We've anyway, we've talked about this before. But Tom Homo is one of – I mean, he's working just – there is nobody working harder than Tom Homo right now. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. Trying to, trying to do something with a football season – in 2020 yeah. nobody's there are people who are working as hard but nobody's putting in more time than homo is oh yeah yeah he's, i think yeah i think there's some surprises still coming this is tough and apparently the big 12 doesn't want to play us anymore after we humiliated texas a few years ago so um womp womp. but here's the thing i people are putting that at tom homo's feet the big 12 is a dysfunctional mess so i i don't know that you can put the fact that none of the non-conference games scheduled by the Big 12 were us. I, I just, maybe he's to blame for some of that, but if they, if none of them want to play us, then none of them want to play us. And listen, so you've got, you got Army on the road, you got Navy on the road. Are you going to take three Big 12 games all on the road? No, you're not going to do that. No, you're not going to no, do that. No, it's a disaster. It's not, it, it's not a... You know, and the other thing is, you know, Homo is asking for home and homes. Absolutely. And the Big 12 teams are telling him to take a hike, I'm sure, with that. And they all want him to come play on the road. And so why would you? And I know people are going to say, well, you're desperate. You got to fill your schedule. But listen, you've got you're going to be negotiating with these conferences and with these teams for years to come. Don't give in now. Don't give in now just because you're because this is such a crazy event. Don't sell out any of that leverage now to fill out a game to fill out a you know a couple more games on a schedule that's already going to be so bizarre that it's going to be discussed about discussed historically. So so right? here here's here's something that I thought about today, and I haven't seen anybody talk about it online, but I wouldn't be shocked if it has been talked about. What if BYU went into the year with six or seven games, a bunch of openings, and basically was the sub team when inevitably somebody cancels because their team gets 20 positive cases and you get a week's notice great. As, long as, as long as we can keep the team healthy if you can keep all, the I, team I healthy and practicing and all of a sudden it's like oh crap we don't have an opponent uh byu you're available that week aren't you but i don't think that's going to happen i think the most likely thing is he finds eight games um to schedule eight or nine games but all right well, thanks, everybody, for downloading and listening. As I said, 
We'll be back next week. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash rise and shout. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, even neighbors that maybe don't like BYU sports because that's not even what we talk about most of the time anymore. Uh, but not next week, Matt. Next week, it's going to be all BYU sports. Yeah, right. uh, and that and the hot dogs. Anyway, um, thanks for downloading and listening, and we'll catch you next time. Go Cougars. Hot dog sandwiches. Or hot dog sandwiches out. They're just hot dogs. No one says that. Just you. Peanut butter and jelly on a bun. It's a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. It's still a taco. I'm just going to keep talking because I don't know where you're going to cut off the recording, but it's a sandwich. I am not cutting off the recording until you stop saying stupid stuff. Well, then this will be the longest episode.